You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey gals, Merry Christmas. Man, I'm excited to get into the closet today and do a little December episode. I told you guys last time that I was going to pop in somewhere in December and do just a quick little episode, and then we'll get back into our normal groove in the new year. It's it, I, I read somewhere online where they were talking about how it feels like the week between, well, it's not a week, but the time between Thanksgiving week and Christmas just kind of feels like this long week. All fun, but it's kind of hard to tell the dates. Everything seems to flow together. The calendar gets so full and it's kind of hard to tell what's what between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's it's an amazing time of year and yet a really busy time of year, right? I love I love Christmas time so much. I could handle a little bit more snow, you know, that's that Colorado and Wyoming girl in me that would just like to see a little more snow, but you never know. We might get some here in Oregon, which would be awesome. It's a crazy time in our house a little bit because we not only have Christmas, which is awesome, but we have like six birthdays that we celebrate like right within our immediate family. And it's some pretty fun stuff. My husband and I both have birthdays right around Christmas time. So he loves the fact that for eight whole days, I am older than him. Yes, eight whole days. He uh, thinks that I am the senior old lady. And uh, so I'm four days before Christmas. He's four days after Christmas. So he likes to have all the jokes about that. But I love Christmas time. We've got a great big old Christmas tree. I think last year I posted a picture of our Christmas tree. And we have these really big ceilings, which is awesome. But it means you can't really put a little tree because then it looks really funny. So we we kind of have a comedic procedure, I suppose, getting this massive tree into our room. But it's it's so good. I love it. I love all the stuff about Christmas, all the fun stuff we get to do. So I hope you guys are all enjoying your Christmas season as well. Maybe you're listening to this while you're doing some baking or cleaning your house up or whatever. But I I do that a ton when I am doing some of that stuff. I just plug a little podcast in. So I'm hoping this one kind of gives you a little bit of encouragement and a few things to marinate on. So where I want to go is I sort of, you know, there's all these Christmas passages that you hear a lot, especially this time of year, and it's really easy to just kind of let them lose their efficacy on you, right? You you know, you've heard them so often, so you just kind of let them roll past like, oh yeah, I've heard this a million times before. And it's hard. You know, something that I could encourage you to maybe try if that's you and you've heard the passage, maybe even the one I'm going to talk about today, and you've heard this so many times, you know, maybe go and read it in a different translation. Get your Bible app on your phone or something and read it in the NIV if you have an ESV or the NLT. Or maybe, hey, you really want to throw yourself for a loop a little bit, read it in the Amplified. The Amplified is difficult to read like a long chunk of Scripture in, for sure. But if you really slow it down, sometimes it's, it's, it gives you some really good, you know, just some extra things to think about within the passage. And so sometimes I like to use the Amplified for that too. But I encourage you to do that because there is so much in the Word overall, for sure. But often those passages that are sometimes the most familiar to us, I think there's this danger of them becoming so common to us that we kind of we kind of miss some of the stuff that's in there. So one of the passages I want to look at today is in Luke, and we're going to focus on Mary, when she is given the really big news of what's coming down for her. So I want to read you this passage, and then I'm going to go back and and look at a couple things. So don't tune out, because here you go. You're about to hear a passage that you hear a ton, but it's okay. Tune in. So Luke 1, 26 starts off, and it says, In the sixth month, 
the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Long passage. Yes, I know. And you're like, wow, that was, I. yep, I've heard that before. So what? what's so new and startling? Well, here's a couple things that I just want to point out to us in this passage. Because I think Mary's attitude, her posture in all of this is, is really interesting if you really stop and think about it. Keep in mind who we're talking about here. We're talking about a really young girl, a really young girl, guys. We're talking like 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that age group. We don't really know for sure, but somewhere in there, really young. And I know some outstanding 13, 14, and 15-year-old girls for sure. I also, you know, know some that maturity-wise, this just would not be where they are. But when I think of Mary or anyone being at this age group and hearing this kind of news, it's rather startling to think about what this would have been. Because we think of Mary in maybe in the, from a statue you've seen or in the Catholic tradition of of what Mary's become. And we'll we'll talk about that in a second too. But you kind of got to get that picture out of your brain and you kind of got to go, this is a young girl. And there's some great things that I think we see right out of the gate when in verse 28, when the angel announces to her and he calls her favored one. And he says it twice. He says it in verse 28. And he also says it in verse 31. And it says that this troubled her. This troubled her, meaning the thing that was said, the, the greeting, because she it says in the second part of verse 28, it says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. What are you saying? Who are you calling favored, basically? And I think this is interesting because we just see right away this posture of humility that Mary has. Why are you recognizing me? What's so great about me? So there's there's such humility in Mary. And you see that in other places in Scripture. Proverbs 11, 12, it says, with the humble is wisdom. James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. And therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. This Seeing how the angel comes and tells her that she's been favored or that that God's grace is being shown to her, it's a honoring verse. It's an honoring commendation to her that she kind of feels like, I'm not so sure that this fits. If if I were in her shoes, I might be a little bit more startled that an angel is talking to me than the fact that they're saying what it is the angel is saying right at the gate. But she, it says that it's this, it's the greeting itself that she's going, who are you? Who am I? Why would you be saying this to me? And so I love this about Mary, that there is this posture of humility to her. And a minute ago, I was bringing up, you know, because we kind of think about Mary in the Catholic tradition, or you think of a statue that you've seen of Mary. First of all, she never looks very young. And I, and I understand we could be capturing Mary as they would depict her in other stages of her life, you know. But she always looks young, but not this young. 
And, you know, she always looks obviously very pious. She looks very holy. All of these things that the Catholic Church kind of attributes to Mary. But I, I kind of think that especially when you see how in this verse, how she's just kind of shocked that the angel would be calling her, her favored, that she would be honored in this way. What, I mean, what's so special about her? I think she would kind of be appalled <laughs> to see what really religion overall has turned her into. She just was not one, it would seem, from Scripture to be exalted, but rather she wanted to do the point to the exalted one, to Jesus. I don't think she would appreciate a lot of the statues of herself. I don't think she desired to be the main event here. You know, I think about in the Jesus's first miracle in John 2, where he's turning the water into wine, and there's a conversation between Jesus and his mother. And at the end of their time, she says to him, or she says rather to the people that were there that were tending to the wedding and, and were going to be filling the water, she says, do whatever he tells you to. Do what he says. You know, just even in that simple little statement, she's pointing to make sure you're listening to this guy over here. Not me. Go listen to Jesus. Do what he tells you to. So I, I think we see things from Mary that just show, first on this story, how this humble attitude that she has. But, you know, she was favored. This word favored, grace bestowed. The other thing that I think is neat about this particular word that's used is you also see it later in Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. And it's in verse 6. But this is where the favored one is you and me. And I, I think this is so cool. So uh, let me just read to you Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. That's where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed, and there's that word, that's the word that's used when they also speak to Mary, which he has blessed us in the beloved. It's neat to me to see that, yes, Mary is honored here as being favored, but, we, but the Lord also shows that same blessing and favor to us, those he has predestined to adoption unto himself, that we we are his kids. I think that's really, really a cool thing here. What else do we learn about Mary here? We, she's, she's humble. We see the humility here. But I think we also see that she knew the scripture. In verse 34, it's saying that she's kind of, she's asking like, how is this going to happen? I don't get it. How is this going to happen? But notice her question doesn't seem to be that she's surprised that the Messiah was going to come. There's no question in like, who are you talking about? There's no like, what do you mean the son of the most high? I don't know who that is. No, it would seem Mary, she knows, she knew this was coming. Now she didn't know she was going to be the one that was picked. She didn't know how this was going to happen, but she's not seemingly surprised that the Messiah was coming. And and when you read the Bible knowledge commentary, it points that out, that she is more so trying to figure out, hmm, how is this going to happen? But she's not struggling with the this that this is new information. And I think that's important. Mary gives us a model here of even 13, guys, 13, 14, however old she was, but young, she knew the Old Testament. She knew the scriptures here. She knew that the Messiah was coming. There's implication for us in that, I think, you know, whether it's it's just in reflecting on how we know our Bibles. Do we know them? Mary seems to know the scripture. She's not surprised at the news that's coming. She's just surprised in the, in the method that that's being chosen. She also believes the angel. I think this is shocking. Thinking again about her situation, being so young, 
but it, it would seem that the angel that or you know that she she believes the angel because he he doesn't say anything to her and rebuke her for doubting it. If you go back in earlier in the chapter in Luke, that's where the angel is going and he gives Zachariah the news that that his wife Elizabeth is going to bear John and they were way past childbearing age and Zachariah didn't have the same level of faith it would seem that Mary had and and in response to that he ends up being mute until John is born. So the angel rebukes Zachariah but there none of that happens with Mary because she believes the angel. And again that's kind of surprising thinking of her situation She's not married yet. She's, you know, really young. And he's telling her something that it's not like you have a point of reference to go, oh, yeah, this thing happened to my friend over here. Nope. No point of reference for this. This is a completely new piece of information for her. And she just seems to believe the angel. Such a great example we have here in Mary. So we see, you know, we see her humility. We see that she had faith, that she just believed the angel and she she didn't doubt. And I think both of these two concepts are wrapped up in a profound life verse for Mary and I and I think a profound life verse for us. And it says in verse 38, Mary said, "Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word." And the angel departed from her. "Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word." This right here. This verse. There's two parts to this. There's, you know, you see this the servant piece because she says, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. It's, it's again, it's that humility. She's not looking for credit. She says, I am a servant. What, is this, what does this concept mean to be a servant? In scripture, when we read in John, when the, he's given the example of Jesus at the Last Supper and he's washing his disciples' feet. I recently, we were, we touched on this when we were in the John teaching of really what a kind of gross job this would have been. And we have Jesus who was the son of God that was getting down on the ground in the most humble place he po- he possibly could have been and serving his disciples in this way, doing a really dirty job. And that is the example he gives us of how we are to serve likewise. I think we we kind of mess up this whole idea of servant. I, I don't even know if we, we get it sometimes anymore. I, when I think of really what is glorified in our culture. You can think of uh, sports people. You can think of, I don't know, actors, people that are influencers. It's not necessarily the servant that is, wow, that's who I want to be. But really, that is what we're asked, that to, to be that kind of servant. And that's how Mary leads this, this really powerful verse off. She says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. I love this. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Be it to me according to your word. I think I need this on a coffee mug. I think we all need this on a coffee mug. You know, we can we can ditch all the the self-help and all the I am enough phrases and we need to put be it to me according to your word on all our pillows and our t-shirts and our coffee mugs and keychains. For Mary, this meant a real, real and scary thing. You know, this this was obedience, this was humility, this was total surrender that would cost her greatly. Cost her what? I Think about it, guys. Reputation, right? She and Joseph aren't married yet, and she's going to be pregnant. You don't think that's going to turn some heads in the village? Yeah, that's going to turn a lot of heads in the village. You think people are going to believe her that, oh, nope, it's, I didn't, there's nothing, nothing wrong going on over here. It's just the Holy Spirit. No one's going to believe that. I mean, when she is saying this verse here, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. The obedience here when 
man, it's really going to cost her something. Because not only was it to cost her reputation, but think about the total life, you know, trajectory change. Whatever she had anticipated this betrothal was going to look like and then, you know, what her life was going to look like for the next 15, 20 years, it now just took a really sharp turn. Really sharp turn. She's now going to be the mother of the Son of God. Okay? That, that's going to be a little, that's going to be a little bit of a life change right there. But let it be to me according to your word. That's how she responds. Gals, this is a this is a word to us from a 13-year-old-ish girl. Are we good with this being our tagline? Let it be to me according to your word. And what and what word is this? You know, what how does it what does this translate to us? Well, when we talk about being devoted fully to the word, and we mention that all the time here on the podcast, let's talk about some of these. What word? Okay, so how about some that we like? So Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Oh, yeah, I like that word. God will supply my needs. God's going to take care of me. Yep, I will take that word. James 1.17, every good and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Love this verse. God gives us good gifts. He is the giver of all perfect gifts. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love that verse. Every one of those are true, profound verses that we absolutely can cling to, and we know that those are true. But let's be serious, though. These aren't the ones that are necessarily so hard for us to go ahead and make it our tagline of be it to me according to your word. We can, we can speak Isaiah 41.10 and, and James 1.17 and Philippians 4.19 and say, yes, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. But just as Mary, the word that was coming to her was not something that was necessarily going to be real easy to swallow. So we have lots of those words as well. Think about these, like uh, Proverbs 21.9. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Ooh, Ooh, here's a word about us being quarrelsome and contentious, you know? We, we, we say, oh, I'm not nagging. I, I, maybe I'm just consistently reminding. But this, this is a word to us. And then we're, we get a little convicted like, oh, okay, maybe I'm, I'm not supposed to do that. Well, do I like that word? Or Proverbs 11.22 says, like a gold ring and a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without distru- discretion. Oh, okay. Now this one, we kind of don't like either because we're like, well, what do you mean? You're, you're telling me how I can dress and how I can, you know, portray myself out. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. How about 1 Peter 3, 1 through 2? Well, now you'll be all kinds of uncomfortable. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that in even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without the word by the conduct of their wives when they see you respectful and pure conduct. Wow. Okay. Well, what about that word? Are we going to be like Mary and say, let it be according to my word, even 1 Peter 3, 1 through 2, be subject to your husbands? Colossians 3, 18 says it again, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting into the Lord. Proverbs 14, 1, the wisest of women builds her house, but with folly her own, with her own hands tears it down. There's all these verses here, and I've just read to you guys some of the ones that we kind of don't like those ones as much as let it be to me according to your word. On the submission ones, I, you know, we've talked about that in other podcasts. I'm probably going to tackle a few more of those coming up pretty soon because 
I'm reading those like those are hard ones to swallow. And I truly, if you guys know my heart, you've heard me speak on this. I just feel like these are some of the biggest blessing passages in scripture. I mean, they are they're not got to's, they are get to's, and it's a beautiful thing. But if I look at these through our cultural lens of verses that we like to cling to, well, you know, the cursory believer is going to want to hang on to James 1.17 and every good and perfect gift that comes from the Father, then they are going to want to hang on to 1 Peter 3, that wives are to be subject to their own husbands. It's a, it's a different word, and culturally, they think it's that's not a good thing. Man, we know that in God's perfect design and order, these are all good words to us. But admittedly, there's pieces of our flesh that, that rise up and go, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know how I like that. Be it unto me according to your word. That's what Mary said. You know, the last one I referenced to the Proverbs 14.1 about building your house and not tearing it down. So many different implications of how we can be builders of our homes as opposed to tearing it down. We did a devoted live on this a couple months ago. I'll try to put the link in the notes on this. Because I, I, I love what, how Proverbs is just so practical about really instructing us how we can be doing this and how we can really be effectively building our house. And then also a real warning for things we need to be careful of. Because all of those things, yeah, they do have some instruction to us. They have a little bit of correction to us sometimes or maybe some reminders about, you know, those things that we think are just consistent reminders and Proverbs calls nagging or, you know, quarrelsome or a constant dripping they're not complimentary terms for us ladies. And you can you can get yourself all offended like I I can't believe and that that you know that would be said. And I mean man, as soon as that thought comes out, I would just kind of say, "Huh. Let it be to me according to your word." That's Mary's word. There there's just this submission to it, there is this humility to it, and it, it's just such a complete surrender and obedience to it that I I love this model. Another thing Mary does here, as she goes on in Luke one forty six, you have this piece, of, we call it the, the Magnificent, and it's the piece where Mary gives this beautiful song about the Lord. And I want to read this because first we read the other pieces where we're, we're seeing, we're learning about who this 13-year-old girl is. You know, she, she's humble. She's completely submitted and obedient to the Lord. And then what does she do with all of this? That what's the outpouring of that? And I think we see kind of the outward expression of that in verse 46 when it starts. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on my humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. As those are some some powerful, some beautiful words. And again, I just want to check you there. I know you've heard them a lot. You've heard all of this, these pieces of the Christmas story probably many, many years. Maybe even, maybe even before you were a Christian, you went to church on you know, Christmas Eve and these words were heard. So listen to the words that are there because I, I love the buildup to this. We first see that you know, how Mary hears this word from Gabriel and she hears it in humility and complete obedience. But then we see that she, her heart, just this outpouring 
of praise to the Lord. And the word magnify that she uses there, you know, it, it's it's just like what it sounds, just like if you think about a magnifying glass that it makes something bigger and larger, but it's it's magnifying the Lord and and putting the the praise and the greatness of God. That's that's what she's pointing to. We know how how the Christmas story goes on and and you know, you know, Mary gives birth to Jesus. I I love I was reading recently Spurgeon has a uh, there's a collection a friend of mine gave me this sweet collection of Christmas sermons of Spurgeon and I I just love them. And I was the one I was reading this time it's called Holy Work of Christmas. And there's a quote he said in there and he says this of Mary. He says it was of her that Jesus Christ had been born. Those who come nearest to Jesus and enter the most closely into fellowship with him will be sure to be the most engrossed with him. I think this is such a neat way of saying, you know, think think about really the intimacy that that Mary had and the type of relationship she would have had with Jesus. So closely connected to him, right? I mean, physically connected. She gives birth to him. So there's not many ways you can be much more closely connected. You moms know what that's like. There, there's, there's a connection that you just, you are so close with this baby. And, you know, another thing that I, I think is interesting and moms or aunts or grandmas, you can relate to this when you have, you've, you've held a newborn and what do you do when you hold a newborn? You know, you you hold them and you, man, you just look at all their little features and their little hands and you know the the way they yawn and you you really study these little ones because it's amazing. It's just you know, it's an amazing miracle that the Lord has created this. And and I think how Mary must have felt holding Jesus. Similar in that, you know, he was 100% human. He was totally, totally man. And so she can study all of his features and all of the things that, you know, all the way, all his movements and the little quirks in his face and all of these things. As his mom, she she can study those things. And I think even that uh, is such a neat picture of what we can think about of how closely do we study Jesus? Do we study him, we, we obviously can't look at him as Mary could look at him, but we can, we have his word and we can really examine what his word says. Or you can just be like, oh, yeah, it's a baby. Ah, it's a Bible, whatever. But you, if you take the time to really study the features, kind of like a new mom does with a, with a baby, it kind of gives you a little bit different context, I think. And, and, you know, Spurgeon in that quote is pointing out how closely the fellowship was between Jesus and Mary but it's it's when you're that closely connected that's when you're really enthralled if it's a new mom with that baby if it's you with the lord and you studying his word the more you engage the more you study the more just engrossed you are with him and i think that posture then is what we see when it says my soul will magnify the lord there's a connection there of being able to study so closely who he is and then be able to magnify that praise him for what he's done. Mary's reaction to really, I think, what could have been the most life-changing news possible. You know, we see, we saw humility, we see how obedient she is, and then how she's just filled with praise. I think that's a really great model for us. You know, this is our last episode of 2021, and in a few weeks, we're going to welcome in a new year. Whether you are ready for it or not, here it comes. And I I just like that Mary gives us this charge as we end our year and we start a new one. Humility, obedience, and praise. You know, magnify even 
making his greatness large and expansive. I've uh, I've been praying a lot about what the episodes will look like after the break, and I'm always just I always want to be so prayerful about what we put out here. And y'all know my focus here is always, always, always to point us to the Word and what the Word of God of the Bible says to say about every facet of my life. What, Where do we need to make some course corrections? But I really want to be examining what the Word says. And I don't know if it's possible, guys, but I feel like I want to even double down on that effort. I don't know, but I, as I've been praying, the Lord has just really stirred this you know, or maybe it's just he's continuing this urgency to really keep the word in front of us and and continue to encourage us to, man, let's be like Mary and let it be unto me according to your word. I continue to just, you know, pray that the Lord will just help me to effectively communicate his word as plainly and as clearly as possible. And, and I think some of this is I've been stirred lately in some experiences personally that have just highlighted to me the massive famine, really, we have in knowing and understanding God's Word today. Man, guys, it's, it is just, it's really becoming more and more loud, I suppose, the ways in which we're, we just have such a deficit in the Word of God in culture over large, and, and, and really even in the church. I love 2 Timothy 4.3 in the Amplified. I'm going to read this because you're probably not reading the Amplified, and I really love how it says, in 2 Timothy Four three, it says, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold. Second Timothy is reminding us that in these last days, this idea of there just not being good sound teaching or accurate instruction, as the Amplified puts it. And it even says in Amplified, it says words that challenge them with God's truth. It's okay that God's truth challenges us and, and actually ask, convicts us by the power of the Holy Spirit to, to make a change. But instead, we see that, boy, there it even says many teachers, right? One after the other, ones that we choose. And there is no shortage of information out there, is there? There's books everywhere. There's podcasts. There's teachings. You can get any church anywhere. You can download their teachings just about. And so there's tons and tons and tons of information. But the problem is, is, is we have, like it says there, that there, people will not tolerate sound doctrine. Instead, they're going to go look for teachers that just kind of give them something pleasing. You know, n- nothing challenging, Let's not let's not talk about the first Peter verse. Let's not talk about the whole being subject to someone. Let's not talk about any design or order within the family. No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. Let's let's talk about all the good and perfect gifts that come from come from the Father. It's not not true, right? That's an absolutely very true and we're very thankful for that scripture. But there they have a tendency to maybe lean in towards more the verses that are real easy to swallow and then the ones that that are not, we just kind of want to say that, oh, maybe that was just a cultural thing, or maybe that was, you know, that's just not really for today. I think we need to be challenged by coming back to the Word and saying, no, 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 whether it suits our fancies or not, whether it tickles our ear, as Second Timothy says, as Paul says to Timothy, we need to be taking in sound teaching and accurate instruction. If you are a woman who is striving to be like Mary and 
let it be according to your word, you know, God's word. To be honest, you're in the minority statistically, like by a long shot. We are in the minority by wanting to just adhere and study as we study the scriptures as closely as you would study a newborn baby and all its features and all all the all the little tweaks within that little facial expression. If you want to study God's word that way, boy, you are really in the minority. And I I think for me, I just sort of feel like, well, bring on the minority gals and let's dig in. It matters for us for sure, like personally, and it matters for us. We are accountable to the words of God for ourselves our own sanctification. But gals, we've got some teaching and training to do. You know, Titus 2, teach and train the younger. I love the example in 2 Timothy when when Paul tells Timothy and reminds him and is commending, really, his grandmother and his mother, Lois and Eunice, that they taught Timothy. And it says even what they specifically taught them, it says they taught him in a sincere faith. You know, how are we doing teaching and modeling and, you know, learning for ourselves? First of all, that's important. But then also teaching and modeling that sincere faith to those around us. Our culture is poorer for it because we we have not been taking that mantle up, I think, as we should. And this, this yes, this is a word for moms and grandmas and aunts and all of that. Absolutely. But this is a word for anyone. This is a word for us as Christian gals to know the word of God for ourselves and then be able to model and train that to the younger around us. And that could that could even be younger in the faith. That may not even be an age thing. You may have a dear friend that's 15 years older than you but became a Christian a month ago. Teach and train and be faithful to point to sound teaching and really pour into the Word of God with this attitude of humility and obedience like we see with Mary. Let it be to me according to your Word. So can you marinate on this, this uh, little word from Mary, marinate on this as we wrap up this year. You know, can you honestly, would you pray and honestly seek the Lord about where you're at in humility and obedience to God's word? And then that last part, you know, praise, magnify. I love how Mary says in verse 49, she says, he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. He has done so much. He is so mighty. He is so holy. There is, there's, there's no shortage of things that we can magnify the Lord for. Be thankful and full of praise for who he is and the great things he's done. So as we wrap up, man, as we, you know, if this, if this challenged you a little bit, maybe if this encouraged you, share this episode with someone. I, I love that we all kind of sometimes need a little company in the minority. I, I told you guys that it feels a little lonely out here sometimes wanting to be a woman that actually wants to be fully submitted to the Word of God. So let, let's gather some gals around that we can really pour into this. So be bold about Mary's Word for us here. And yes, live it out and let's tell others what this looks like. But let's let's take Mary's attitude here of being humble and really obeying. Let it be unto me according to your word. I hope you guys have a blessed Christmas season wherever you are. And you know, I'm excited. We'll hop back into our normal weekly schedule in the new year. Merry Christmas. Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of AV Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at apcreek.com.